Hello everyone, this is Megan back here again this week to introduce this week's repeat episode. And this is episode 20, The Power of Hiring the Right Executive Assistant. Anita has been getting this question a lot lately, so we thought it would be a great idea to replay this episode. Go ahead and download those show notes, grab a pen and paper, take as many notes as you need, and if you have additional questions, feel free to reach out to Anita on her contact page. That's anitasharlow.com slash contact. See you inside the episode. Welcome to the Happy Executive Woman Podcast. Coach Anita Charlotte will cover a variety of topics, such as personal, professional, and corporate relationships, diversity, equity, and inclusion, energy, metaphysics, corporate relationship responsibility, and spirituality in the workplace. Be sure not to miss the Candid Conversation with Phenomenal Women episodes, where Anita interviews women leaders in their field about their challenges, triumphs, and ways in which they make their happiness a priority in both business and in love. And now, here's your host, executive coach, author, speaker, and corporate metaphysician, Anita Charlotte. It's that time of year that I begin to hibernate and take a good look at the business mission, direction, vision, and team members. This includes independent contractors. I take a step back and take a serious look at what worked, what I need to start doing, and what I need to stop doing as I move into the new year. Maybe it's time you took a good look at your executive assistant or your need to hire one. With the right assistant, you can go so much further than trying to do so with the wrong one. I've been a dualpreneur now for over 20 years, and there is one thing that I have learned both on the corporate and entrepreneurial side. It's the importance of having the right type of executive assistant on your team. The challenge for the busy executive is we need an EA that has been corporately trained yet not so corporate that they can't think outside of the box. Having started my corporate career from the file room, I've held many support positions along the way, each role built on the next and provided me with an understanding of what it takes to be an exceptional executive assistant, learning how to create a happy executive with each of my positions. In this episode, I will share a few examples of what the right EA looks like. The first example will be when I once worked for the SVP of a sales division in a consumer packaged goods research firm. Knowing how to identify what he really needed by asking the right questions during my interview made him comfortable enough to open up and share his pain points with me. This opened the door for me to share with him how I could make those pain points go away. It worked. They called to offer me the job before I made it to the train to head home. I'll even let you in on my secret weapon from this summer, how I managed to move mom into an assisted living facility, launch a new podcast and a new website while working a full-time job, taking care of clients, giving international keynote speeches, being a board member and a member of several committees, all while holding down my full-time job and maintaining my personal life and marriage without losing my mind. See you inside the episode. 
Could you use 10 tips on how to be a detail-oriented manager? Head on over to the show notes where you can get your free downloaded list now. As a woman with a full-time job, a full life, and an LLC, it is imperative that I have the right members on my team to help keep my life in order. In addition to the business side of the house, I am also the executor of my mother's estate. I wear at least 10 hats and it is becoming more and more evident to me what does and does not work in my world. Being a small business owner with an online business, I require an executive assistant that possesses the right combination of tangible and intangible characteristics and can wear multiple hats. When I think back to my experience as an executive assistant, my primary goal in that position was to make myself indispensable. I wanted my executives to feel like they would lose their right arm if I no longer worked for them. Having been a single mom, a sergeant in the military, a small business owner since 1999, a relationship coach, and an overachiever has afforded me the gift of being able to view any situation from multiple angles. Having such a diverse background and the experience of juggling so many different things at once meant that I could at any given time put myself in the shoes of the executive I was supporting successfully and represent them where other executive assistants had failed. I could step into the mindset of any one of the C-suite positions and make decisions, change directions, give advice, delegate tasks to others, you name it, I could do it. All possible due to my ability to truly get to know the executives I reported to, understand how their minds worked, especially under pressure, step into the future vision of where they saw themselves and the company heading, and identify their limitations, both personally and professionally. As I continued to climb the corporate ladder, my title changed, but my ability to support my executives did not. The higher I climbed, the more I honed my skills. I've had the pleasure of working for impressive executives who understood the value of having my skill set on their team, as well as executives who had no clue how to utilize my skills to the fullest. The former has been the most rewarding and the latter has been the most frustrating. Whether you own a small business or you're running a multi-billion dollar corporation, the most important person on your team is your executive assistant. If utilized correctly, this person can catapult you and your company to the next level, or they can open you and your business up to reputational risk, waste time, effort, and money, which will have a considerable impact on your bottom line. Here are two examples to help shed light on the importance of having the right executive assistant on your team, one from an EA point of view and the other from a CEO point of view. The first one, executive assistant to the SVP of sales. When interviewing with the SVP as a seasoned small business owner and former operations manager for a small consulting firm, I knew how to pull out of him exactly what he needed in an executive assistant that he could not necessarily list in the job description. I took full advantage of the opportunity to ask him questions and used my coaching skills to put him at ease and get him to share what kept him up at night as it related to the office. Once he shared with me, I immediately saw where I could add value both personally and professionally. 
I told him how I could come in and give him back what he wanted most, time with his family. By asking a few questions, I identified during the interview how to give him five to 10 hours back per week to spend with his wife and his sons, one of which had special needs. His response was, either you're the second coming of Christ or you are precisely the type of person I need supporting me. He assured me that I would be hearing from the HR rep by the end of the week. I had not even made it to the train before she called and offered me the position. We were a great team. While he hired me to be his EA, he saw that I brought so much more to the table. As a result, he instructed me to pass the strictly administrative responsibilities to the other admin on our team, and I began taking on more project-level work. When he was out of town or out of the country, he instructed me to utilize his office to focus on his projects. All of his direct reports and other individuals in the company knew who I was, who I worked for, and that I was the gatekeeper. Our relationship worked because he trusted me. He knew that I could make his life easier. He gave me the creative freedom to do the work the way I saw fit and empowered me to make decisions on his behalf. While I focused on high-level projects, he focused on strategy and spending time with his family. Since this particular sales division was new, we were able to treat it like a small business. Having small business experience, I was able to bring that skill to life in our sales department. When the company restructured the sales department, they eliminated his role. Due to my work ethic, he set up an interview for me for another position within the company. I got that job as well. Even though our sales team area didn't work out, the systems that we put in place while in the position continued long after we had moved on. The second example, I'm going to share with you my secret weapon. In the fourth quarter of every year, I sit down to decide what the next year's business goals will be and which quarter they will be completed. In 2021, I plan to launch a new website and a new podcast by July. What I had not planned for was the need to move my mom from her independent living facility to an assisted living facility right in the middle of a pandemic and preparing to launch. There was no way I could do all of this while working a full-time job, maintaining my client load, and working on my PhD in metaphysical psychology, so there was an urgent need to hire an executive personal assistant. This person needed to be able to manage my personal life and my business life as well. When drafting the job description, I followed the same process that I teach my clients to attract the right type of candidates and wean out those that were not compatible to minimize the number of interviews needed to be conducted. I knew the kind of personality, potential, and level of professionalism I needed, especially since she would be in my home and have access to my personal information. After sifting through Indeed and rejecting so many applicants, I came across Megan's application and resume. From the beginning, Megan showed attention to detail, starting with the application process. You'd be surprised how many applicants never complete the entire application process. Since I was down to the wire and needed to hire someone quickly, I utilized the phone interview feature on Indeed as the first touch point and then went straight for the video interview. At the interview, I fully disclosed a task before us and what support I would need. I explained the current state of the business, what needed to be tackled first, and exactly how crazy things would get in the next couple of months. 
I also made it clear that this was a contract position for three months with the ability to extend. I had a ton on my plate at the moment, and the person that worked for me needed to know exactly what they were getting themselves into. Megan was completely professional throughout the entire process, even requesting a bit more time to decide on whether or not to accept my offer due to other interviews she had previously agreed to. Of course, I granted the additional time and went back to Indeed to search for other candidates should she decide to take the job with another company. I knew what I was looking for, what the connection would feel like, what my assistant would sound like, and Megan was it for me. But I had to have a backup just in case, and I was running out of time. No one else measured up to Megan's initial impression. They did not complete the assessments. They were not responding to my messages. It was a total nightmare. And then Megan reached out to let me know she accepted the position and asked about the next steps. Oh my goodness, what a relief that was. When Megan started, we hit the ground running. Access to systems, my contact list, my mother's medical insurance information, doctor's numbers, you name it, I gave it all to her. We began the task of going through books, my file cabinets, creating filing systems, and all of that other office organization stuff. Up until this point, my admins had all been virtual. Well, those that lasted were virtual. Let's just put it that way. I needed in-office help before and after hours, including weekends. I hired a separate organizer to come in and organize the office, as that was not the best use of Megan's time. The more Megan and I worked together, getting the infrastructure in place, the more she started anticipating my needs. Were there growing pains? Absolutely. And we grew through them. Megan handled my personal, including tasks for my Yorkie, Liza Minnelli, and business life with confidence and calm, allowing me the ability to remain in command of my emotions. I still work a full-time job, so there is no way I could have pulled all of this off within such a short amount of time without her help. Megan shared that she had a podcast and would be willing to help in that area during our time together. What? I had hit the jackpot. We began offloading as much as possible to my virtual assistant, Ronnie, and Megan focused her efforts on the podcast and worked directly with the web designer I hired. I hired the right executive personal assistants for the job since I was really clear on what I needed, just as clear as I was on the caliber of man that I wanted in my life. Your relationship with your executive assistant should be treated as such, like a relationship. You want to take the same approach when selecting your EA as you do with your significant other. This person will see you at your best and your worst, and you need to know that they have the mental, emotional, and professional ability to support you through it all. I like to think I painted an accurate picture of what to expect while working on these projects so that she can make an informed decision, and it worked out for both of us. With Megan's help, we completed all of what we set out to accomplish in the three months together. Mom moved to her new building. The website and podcast went live as scheduled. We did it due to the caliber of the executive assistant that I hired. Now it was time to discuss the terms of our contract and the next steps. When we sat down to have the conversation, Megan informed me that she was offered a position with all of the bells and whistles and therefore would not be continuing on as my EA after our contract had ended. 
Being the rock star partner that she had been all summer, she offered to help find her replacement and to stay on and handle all podcast-related activities and small website editing changes as needed. I was so grateful that we pushed to get our initial projects completed and that if she had to leave, she was doing so, having accomplished what we set out to do. Thank God for Megan. I'm so grateful to have her as part of my team still. Tune in next week to learn the behavioral, emotional, and mental traits needed in an exceptional executive assistant, and I will share two more examples with you. My time as a deputy to the COO of a major financial institution and a CTO, executive assistant, intervention with the previous client. Would you like support in your search for your next exceptional executive assistant? and or the reality of a future with your current one, you can gain clarity on the direction you should take during one session. Head on over to the podcast show notes or the contact page on my website. Send us an email and a member of my team will follow up with you soon. Thanks for listening. As an executive woman, giving ourselves permission to ask for what we want is so important. And since I like to practice what I preach, I'd like to ask you for a favor. If you could head on over to iTunes or wherever you're listening from and leave a review and a rating, I would really appreciate it. It helps so much. And if you know of another amazing woman that could benefit from these topics, please be sure to forward this podcast to her. Until next time.